Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Anecdotes of Darkness. I'm your co-host, Mr. Darkshape. And I'm Mr. Sandman. And today we have a very special guest with us today, Moore uh, of Hatchfield. Jody, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. Um, I'm known professionally as Jay Mircha Ricola, and I am the horror of Haddonfield. What what have, what what do you do, buddy? What have you uh, grown in the horror community as? I know you've started out as what cosplaying and collecting, or yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I started out collecting and eventually, you know, scrolling YouTube and seeing Instagram photos, I decided that I wanted to get into the uh, Michael Myers cosplay. So that's what I I started doing. That's where I met. Uh, Dylan, Mr. Sam Hearn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I remember those first cosplays, man. You did, uh, you were doing well, you still have kind of a humorous aspect to them now, but back then you were doing uh, Myers, uh, styling his hair with the uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that one, <laughs> that was the uh, the first photo I ever had that kind of went, yeah. I don't know if I would ever say viral, but at the time, I think I had maybe like a hundred followers. And I think after everything was said and done, it was about 300 likes on it. Yeah. The blow dryer. That's crazy. Yeah. The blow dryer. That's what it was. It was in my, uh, <laughs> it was in my H six, uh, tots mask. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, so uh, you've been, you've been ahead, in the Chris. cosplay game for quite a while, dude. I've been following you for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. I I mean I appreciate that. Um the I'd say two thousand seventeen at the end of two thousand seventeen is when I, I started and then I started getting everything like professionally more accurate by two thousand eighteen, the end of two thousand eighteen, that's when uh that's when um H forty came out mm. and uh you know, everybody was going crazy for that. So, you know, there was a lot more Myers, you know, showing up back then. Of course, everybody, forty, mm-hmm. things like that. And uh, by that time, I was looking looking for some nice rehauled masks. And uh, that's actually when I when I met uh, Dylan, and uh, he was, you know, he was doing the the rehauls at the time. And uh, mm-hmm. I I think uh, I had a a tots mask that I wanted to have him rehaul. And then he's, you know, he's got his own flavors and his own taste for other masks. And a lot of them were like higher quality. Yeah. And I was like, put the tots down. <laughs> That's what he did to me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things you don't know unless you're in the community and really involved. Yeah. Most people, yeah. you know, they'll see a tots mask and they're like, Oh, accurate. <laughs> and it's like, well, but you know it's it's a mass-produced mask that works for a lot of people you know it's a great it's a great starter for those people that just you know don't have the funds like we've managed to create (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i met a couple of guys and and uh dylan dylan was the main one that was really like pushing for me to to hop on the expensive mask wagon and now 
now they're everywhere in my <laughs> in my collection. They're like I keep forgetting how many I have now. I think it's like I think it's up to like fifteen now. Holy crap. Holy shit. That's crazy. Uh he got me hooked as well and um Every time, I mean, nothing against those that wear, like, the Tots masks or anything like that. As you said, it's a great starter. It's, you know, something good to get people into the hobby or, like, get them started, what have you. But, um, but man, that freaking mask is like, it's like a Lamborghini, dude. Once you touch it, <laughs> you, you don't want to go nowhere else. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's crazy. It's a disease, man. Yep. 100%. Hell yeah. So, uh, so both of you guys, both of you guys, uh, and what this podcast is about and the topic today and why we're here is because through horror cosplaying and collecting, we got to know each other and uh, decided to make a film. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, well, how did it start? Back, back, back in, uh, what did it start, man? Like, it was, uh, it was about the end of, uh, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Uh, it's kind of like me and Jody or Vanfield were kind of like in competition with each other, friend in a friendly way. Like, mm-hmm. he'd come up with this, he'd post this sick picture, and I'm like, okay, okay, I see that. And I'd post mine. And then we started doing video clips, and then we started making like uh, uh, our own version of Halloween posters, but featuring us. And then other people started doing it, and we just keep like bouncing off each other until we finally got to a place where it's like I think we're pretty much done. <laughs> I think we, yeah. I think we've uh, come to the end of the line with this. So yeah. the only thing that seemed like an, a, a new challenge for us would be an actual film. Yeah, um, Dylan. Dylan has always been the one that had the uh, the ambition to grow and, and become something bigger. You know, he he and I both fed off each other creatively. Um, when we first met, I mean, it was almost instant friendship because we we bonded over music, um, movies especially, you know, literature that sort of thing. And both being artists in our own way, we just, you know, we had that connection right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And as he said, you know, we started, we had this like little friendly competition. We used to tell each other like, oh, I got more likes than you, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Man, we still say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and finally it got to this point where, you know, Dylan was just like, dude, I, I want to do something bigger. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, what are, what are we thinking here? And, you know, he's like, you know, I, I think I want to write a short film, a short clip. So last year, what was it? 2020. Yeah. We, uh, we kind of, you know, did something together. I'm all the way out here in New York. So he's all the way out there in California. So I really couldn't be there for it, but he let me, you know, have a bit of creative input in that. And, uh, you know, he shot it. And that was basically the beginning point of this whole entire project. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Well, for those of you that don't know what the actual piece is, uh, let's see. I said, well, let's do like a one-minute short for Instagram because most of my followers are uh, 
on Instagram, Facebook, not so much. I, I, I'm more active on Instagram. And I think we both are as well as you, Mr. Dark Shape. I think Instagram 100%. for us is the, is the, uh, is the place to be. So I yes. said, well, you know, the videos, there are only a minute. So let's do like a minute video montage and actually like have a beginning and end. So what I did is uh, I got a guy to play Michael Myers. And then we went looking for uh, uh, an actress for Myers to, to stock. And that's where initially where I found Katie Kay, who is an uh, uh, upcoming professional actress here in L.A. She's phenomenal, um, too. Yeah, and we uh, met up at the Myers house. We shot for about, oh, 45 minutes. Uh, took the footage back, edited it. Had one of my friends, um, Sreleka Vidula, sing um, Mr. Sandman. And uh, I put it all together, uploaded it to my Instagram, and people really liked it. And so with that encouragement from the horror community, we decided to take it to a, another uh, level and uh, my wife is always telling me well you only meant to, you only meant it to be 15 minutes and it really is true so we were going to do like a 15 minute <laughs> short film of Michael Myers you know <laughs> just like cast you know four people put it out but uh, with uh, Jody's creativity mine and everybody else associated with the film it just kept growing and growing and growing and uh that's where we're at today as far really, as ourselves, you can't kill the boogeyman. Yeah, really. It's, it's like, it's like the more we, uh, the more we created, the more we hinted at, the more people pushed for something yeah. even bigger. Exactly. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, have been waiting for this, but it's like the community. Wow. You guys, you know, really have something going on here. You know, we want to see more. We want to see something bigger. We want to see something better. So we just, yeah. I mean, we went with that. I mean, how could we not? Right. Yep. And people are chomping at the bit too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, the thing <laughs> is, is that, you know, it actually has grown, not because, not necessarily because we want this big, old, long film. It's just, I have to, I just have to say it. It's been blessing after blessing after blessing. Mm -hmm. Uh every step of the way and it's like uh even if we do encounter some negativity or some kind of uh uh you know it doesn't matter 20 steps forward we keep going and like uh, it's just like uh, uh actors falling from heaven into this film uh one of which is aaron groban who is a, a really fantastic actor here in la he's yes. done many films commercials you name it he's done it and uh, it's by uh, uh, kind of a negative happening that through that, we uh, got Aaron Groban, who's just been an incredibly awesome part of the film. And uh, it's just taking the whole uh, uh, You Can't Kill the Boogeyman to the next level with his acting. So it's like the minute uh, I feel like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, what do I do? What's going to happen? I'm starting to get a little nervous. Bam, something comes and it just makes it that much bigger. So it's, it's very interesting that as this journey has uh, progressed, it's it's really not that we're trying to make it uh, a bigger project. It's just these opportunities keep presenting themselves over and over again. It's like, why not do it? For instance, mm -hmm. we had exactly a, we, we met up at a Halloween signing here in Pasadena in the back of the Michael Myers house. And uh, 
Paul, me, Chris, and uh, Angel Chavez in a field, and uh, Brandon Real. We were hanging out there, and some others. We see this. We see this guy, and he looks exactly like Doctor Loomis. Oh and he my has a trench coat on, and, <laughs> and uh, his name's Bill. And how can you not ask this guy to be in your film? I mean, come on. You need a Loomis oh, man. H1 film. So I know. Little... I... Go ahead, Chris. No, no, go ahead. You're good. So little things like that. How can you how can you turn that down, especially if they're motivated and willing to be a part of it? So when I thought filming was done, I meet Bill, our Loomis, and we had to shoot additional footage just to put him in there, which ultimately makes the film even better. So it's little things like that. Things we're not expecting for. Things we're not even looking for. Mm -hmm. They just kind of fall in our lap. Yep. Like uh, yeah. that night we were at, actually on the footsteps of the Myers house and just doing, you know, photos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we were going to do some film. And, uh, you know, there's people lining up to take photos. You know, that night I was dressed up as Myers and people <laughs> were lining up to take photos. And that was actually at the signing, wasn't it? It was the signing yeah. we were at. Yeah. And um, I heard someone yelling dr loomis lines and i was like looking across the crowd and i, I started getting goosebumps <laughs> and i was like you've got to be freaking kidding me and then here around bill and oh my god i i had to freaking high five and give this man a hug like oh my god he looks <laughs> just seeing him step on set and seeing him uh in front of the camera i mean mm -hmm. it, it just gave you goosebumps because you just really did felt, you just felt it yeah, man. Originally, our story paid tribute, but we didn't want to like dishonor, you know, Donald Pleasance. Right. So we were kind of trying to think of ways that we could, you know, incorporate him into the film, but not necessarily, you know, do a disservice to him. Exactly. And then one day, Sam just comes up to me and he's just, oh, yeah, I call him Sam because I call, you know, IG handle. But anyway, <laughs> Sam comes up to me and he's just like, dude, I've got this, you know, Loomis. He's so freaking awesome. And I'm like, all right. He sends me a photo and I'm just like, oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, dude, I want to put him in the film. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. And seeing, honestly, you know, the actors and actresses that I've met personally on set. I mean, yeah. everybody, there's just that, you know, Usually, whenever you hear of filmmaking, you always hear about drama and like uh, people kind of splits off and like their own little cliques and stuff like that on set. And there's like a rivalry and things like that. When our crew is on set, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a part of the film, but <laughs> everybody is so positive and so supportive of each other. There's nothing but good vibes all around, and it's just amazing to see everybody work, and it just makes it even more, um, more interesting and uh, more entertaining as well. Yeah, dude, definitely. And uh, one of the reasons it's that way is because I have a good sense of people. I can pretty much discern people, and I only try to bring people into this that I feel have the same motivation, the same positivity and drive that we have. And we've all pretty much uh, meshed together as one single unit. And when we're filming, it's, it really is a blast. And, uh, but, you know, there are a few drawbacks here and there that we've had. Uh, nothing that would stop us, but uh, little blips here and there. And, again, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine on Instagram. 
and uh, we were talking about a few of these in- negative in- incidents. And I was like, actually, dude, I'm happy. I'm glad they happened. I'm glad these negative things happened because in that negativity, this this uh, uh, truckload of positivity just uh, over over. It just like consumed the whole project. And one of those things is is you, Chris, the dark shape. Now I've been trying to find a good Myers for the film, or we both have actually for uh, for almost a year actually, and yeah, we've had. And we've had a few, we've had one, two, about three or four. And uh, it, it's really not just looking good in the costume. It's, it's, a, it's a vibe, obviously. Michael Myers is a presence, a force in nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, during certain shoots, we had some Myers uh, play the role here and there. And I just really wasn't feeling it. Uh, not so much that uh, they couldn't do it. It's just, there's a, there's a, click that happens when someone walks a certain way when someone turns in a certain way it's just it's Myers and you know it and so I was thinking uh actually talking to Horv Haddonfield here many times in the DM like dude I don't know you know we got the costume we got the the mask is nailed we got the coveralls we got the you know we got the boots we got everything but we just need someone to put the damn thing on (laughs) and make it come alive and we used to chat Many times in the DM, like who could we use? Uh, reviewing f- re- reviewing footage of other people that had played Myers, and just like really not really stressing, but like, damn, I think I have to play Myers, and that's something I didn't want to do. I just literally wanted to direct and edit, and that's it. But I didn't feel anyone was getting the Myers vibe as much as I could do. And doing the cosplay for a couple of years now, I kind of know how to get in the mode. But it's too hard to film myself being Myers and being the director cinematographer. I had to do it here and there just to like clean up stuff. But I said, mm-hmm. I just can't do it. I need to find somebody. And so I was thinking back of all the people I knew, looking at my friends list. I said, hey, wait a minute. What about the dark shape? He's he's like 1,000% Jason Voorhees. But he still has the <laughs> ability to like, you know, he's an action guy. He does these great photos, videos. I think he can do it, and that's when I hit you up, Chris. And it was, and it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for that, uh, not being able to find a Myers, which some people would think would be a terrible thing. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't have found you, and that's a fantastic thing. So I, I have no regrets about all the hassles I had with other Myers dudes, because I got you, man. Damn, dude, I really appreciate that a lot. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, you totally I, saved the film for real. I appreciate you guys. Oh, and now man, you're I, part of the family. I, that's right. That's right, man. And I'm excited to be here too. <laughs> 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 I'm excited for the things that are coming. You guys, the listeners out there, you have no idea what's in store yet. Exactly, man. So let me talk a little bit about. Uh, so when Chris put on the, we we met up at. Uh, friend of ours mr pasadena he's kind of like a ambassador of pasadena the city called pasadena which in the 1978 film is haddonfield uh we met up at his house because we were doing a little filming at his house and i had chris come on down with his wife katie and uh, he put on the clothes and so it's like okay yeah this guy looks like myers okay he's got it and so it wasn't until we started like actually filming and just literally all he had to do was stand there. 
And now you think, well, it's not much of a talent to just stand there. Actually, it really is a talent to just stand there <laughs> in the Myers gear with the mask and project a kind of vibe. It's not easy. It's, it's not an easy thing. There are I thousands mean, of cosplayers out there, and they, it's, it's hard to come across one that can actually uh, emit that kind of like spooky, creepy uh, kind of uh, spirit. So and the first, go ahead, man. I was going to say, and truly, that's that's something that a lot of people tend to forget. In the original film, everybody remembers, oh, the closet scene, oh, the stairs. But it's like mm-hmm. you're, you start to see him just standing there, mm-hmm. you know, watching, creeping. And that those are the senses that find somebody that can do that is like it takes it to the next level. Absolutely, man. So when Chris put on the gear and uh, one of the shots is him staring through the window and it just, it creeped everybody out in the room. He couldn't hear it because he was outside, but everybody's like, oh my, God. oh my God. Oh dude, I was, yeah, he literally goes, he goes, all right, Chris, here's what you're going to do. He's like, you're going to go out here. You're going to stand out to the side of this window right here. And I will meet you outside in just a second. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm just standing there like awkward, like, what am I doing? And there's one light off to the side. Um, and then he comes outside and he moves another light. And he goes, okay, right there. He's like, don't move. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, again, this is the first time I've done a film. I've done like, you know, cosplay videos and stuff like that. But he goes back inside and he angles it up, you know, where he wanted it. And all of a sudden, like, I just saw everybody's faces in front of the window. <laughs> like, they're all staring outside. <laughs> And everybody's like covering their mouth and everybody's eyes are all big. And I'm like, uh, cause I can't hear anything. Yeah. And I'm like super nervous. I'm like, uh, is there like, is there a tree branch like stuck in the hair? Like, am I, <laughs> like, you know, what is the yeah. mask on sideways? Like what's going on? Right. And, um, you know, you came outside and he said, you were like, man, he's like, <laughs> you were creepy as shit. That's what he told me. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, you know, I didn't want to tell you too much because when you when you start telling people what to do, they start overthinking it. And, you know, what, kind of like our last episode, Chris, we we're talking about, uh, you know, John Carpenter on set with Nick Castle. It's just, you know, just do it. Just do it. And if you do it and it's the right person, it'll happen. So I thankfully I haven't had to tell Chris anything about direction really because other than you know chris walk over there stand there do that but as far as the spirit vibe it's all been chris and i really wanted to keep that uh john carpenter nick castle vibe where you know you're not really telling him how to be just be myers just be it and he is it in the film and uh yeah that was just uh, for me it was a fantastic time and it was absolutely uh, surreal to be in that element and and literally have the shape there. That was sick. Thanks, well, man. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, you know, after joining us, Chris, like what, what have you experienced? What are the challenges that you have faced? Um, honestly, um, at the time, you know, just coming out of COVID, uh, long story short, I won't go into that, but, uh, I unfortunately lost a, um, a position like in a company. I was making a pretty decent amount of money. 
But the thing is, is that I was always working all the time and I never had time to myself. I kind of lost touch of like my hobbies, uh, the enjoyment of, you know, having that time to myself to where I could paint and like, uh, cause I do weather costumes and stuff like that on the side. And I just kind of lost touch with that. And speaking on to that, you know, blessings in disguise, you know, I found an odd and end job. I was working schedules that weren't constant. It was constantly rotating, uh, sometimes with little to no notice. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, like things started falling into place. Um, things started looking up. The economy started picking up. So, of course, like businesses were offering more hours. And um, I just one day, like I, I ordered um, a uh, pickaxe actually a couple pickaxes (laughs) and I just sat down and I started painting and I got back in touch with myself again and I just kept going and kept going and I said okay well if I could do this let me try a machete so I got a machete and I started Mm -hmm. painting the machete and things like that and um so it's been going steadily and then uh one day literally I was in the kitchen cooking with my wife and uh you know I've, I've been talking to both of you guys for quite a while now and um, Dylan just hits me up out of nowhere and says, hey, man, you want to be in a movie? <laughs> like, literally, I hadn't talked to him all day. That's, like, literally all I got. And I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and she's like, what? What happened? <laughs> and I just flipped the phone over, and she said, what? And then I said, yeah, dude, sure, of course. <laughs> like, I'm down. And he's like, you're going to be our Myers. And I was like, what? <laughs> and you know all my friends and stuff like that uh on the east coast um uh, south jersey jason's one of them mm-hmm. um dave brown director of uh, his name was jason and some of the other prominent people out on that on the east coast you know they were constantly like writing or uh, starring in different fan films and things like that mm-hmm. and i was always you know envy of that and i I was like, man, you know, I hope something like that would come my way. Uh, most everything always seemed like it was on the East Coast or kind of around the Midwest. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got excited. I started stepping up my game. Uh, one thing about my cosplay is I've, I consider myself a method actor or a cosplayer. And what I mean by that is I literally will do case studies on each character that I portray, whether it's... Um, my Friday the 13th part two, Jason Voorhees or part Mm -hmm. three, uh, Michael Myers, Ghostface, anything like that. I study, um, behind the scenes images. I study, um, photographs. I study voice. I study like Mm -hmm. stance, body language, body movements, um, and even watch the films front to back. And sometimes I chop it up just to kind of throw it off a little bit. And, um, you know, it's funny, my wife, uh, Slasher Girl 90, she's a big part of this, and she's really very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been times where we'll go out into the parking lot, and we look like idiots because we live in an apartment <laughs> complex. And she will literally just film me walking across the parking lot. She's like, I don't get this. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, just do it. And she's like, okay, fine. But um, it's just, it's easy. Like you said, it's really easy to put a costume on. But it's, Mm -hmm. you got to think, I mean, it's one thing to remember lines and recite lines and stuff like that from a script. 
Right. And I'm not trying to downplay that by any means whatsoever. But when you're wearing a mask or you're, uh, you're the villain, so to speak, and you're, you have literally no lines, your script oh, yeah. is your body language. Yeah. It's your eyes. Yeah. And it's how you move and stand and look at people. And um, to me, that is very, very difficult. So, I mean, I've, I've spent countless hours studying Michael and uh, putting together my own case study on him and uh, just trying to bring that to life. And, you know, you guys have been very welcoming and uh, you guys have been very open to like ideas or like different angles and shots like that, um, that we filmed. So it's been nothing but amazing. It's got me really back excited about something again and um, kind of put me back in tune with myself and all this into actually, you know, be able to work with people I consider family. So Right on, it's man. been it's been nothing short of amazing. Right on, dude. And Jody, so tell me, man, uh, what what has it been like being a, a producer, uh, you know, art consultant, art director, and all that, you know, helping write? What, what's it been like working on the film for you, man, this past year? Oh man, <clears throat> it's been. <laughs> It's been fun. It's it's really been awesome, but at the same time, it's been <laughs> a challenge, you know, because yeah. like you said before, there was a time where we were just, we didn't have anybody, you know, yeah. and we're like, well, we got to do this. We got to do that. You know, we were, we were talking about funding. We were talking about, you know, okay, we've got to do this, you know, and as much as everything is, is falling into place, there was just there's been some times where, you know, we were just kind of like a couple of weeks or so we were just like, man, we don't know what else, you know, we can do. And we're like, we can't end the film here. Mm -hmm. So we have to keep, you know, we have to keep our eyes, you know, open trying to, you know, figure something out. Right. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of patience. Um, it's been a lot of, you know, growing kind of seeing what we've done sometimes we put something together and uh, we realize it doesn't really work out. So then we've got to, you know, reshoot it, which, uh, you know, can be a pain because we've got, you know, we've got to work around other people's schedules. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I can really, I can really appreciate, you know, films and movies after, after working on this one together, especially with, you know, my best friend and, you know, the director, um, getting to do some art, you know, direction, you know, giving some input about how I feel about this or how we feel about that. Um, when, when Dylan asked me if I wanted to be a part of it, I was just like, hands down. Yes. <laughs> hands down. You know, I'm, you know, over here, like fucking take my money. You know? <laughs> and I knew, I knew I wouldn't get to be there as much as I wanted to be because, um, you know, all my work out here, I, I work crazy hours, but, you know, we were willing to, you know, to work together. And he was just like, yeah, man, you can do this. You can do that. And I was like, awesome. So, you know, having this a hundred percent fully funded between the two of us, yeah. it's like, it's given us a, you know, this ability to just do what we want, yeah. you know? And it's like, we're not relying on anybody else. 
you know, when something works out, it's, you know, a hundred percent because we wanted it and we made it happen. Absolutely. And that, that is just fully, you know, rewarding. There's just, there's nothing that you can, you know, you can do to take that away. It's just, it's an amazing feeling. Um, you know, watching, watching the director say, okay, we're going to write this scene out. We're going to, you know, do these, how do you feel about these masks and things like that? So we're trying to like create a setting, which I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but this whole thing is, you know, in the Mm seventies. Um, and we knew it wouldn't be cheap, but we knew that was the direction that we, um, something that Dylan and I both agreed on was that we would never change our vision and that we would never compromise. So there were times where, you know, we were sort of lost because we didn't have specific things that we wanted, but he and I were just kind of like, you know, we refused to compromise. We refused to tap. And eventually we got you, we got, you know, all these other people that just, you know, came in and became a part of this thing. And, you know, it all worked out and it's just, it's been amazing, challenging, but amazing. Absolutely. For you guys, for you guys out there that have no idea, so to kind of put it in perspective, right, for what uh, Jody's talking about. So he is in New York, right? And we're over on Southern California. So we're literally a continent away from each other. Typically in film, what happens is a producer will be on set for quite a bit of actually the film uh, process just to have creative input and things like that. So not only is he producing and helping give art direction in this film, but he's doing it from like literally a continent away. (laughs) So to kind of put that in perspective, man, that's like crazy, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I went into this a hundred percent trusting Dylan's vision. I mean, not only is he my best friend, but we, like I mentioned earlier from the very beginning, we both knew exactly what we wanted. So I knew being the producer and out here that we were going to have the same image and the same vision. And, Mm -hmm. you know, every now and then he'll give me snippets of the film and he'll say, okay, how does this work? How does that work? So, I mean, it's just like a puzzle piece. Everything's just fitting together nicely. Yeah, man, for sure. The, uh, Oh, go ahead, brother. No, go ahead. You're good. Um, Well, I wanted to say that uh, as corny as it sounds, man, I think, you know, even going back to the the story of H1, I really think this is all a a kind of fate feeling like destiny almost. I know that sounds like real cliche, (laughs) but I can't help it because just the way things have come together, how we found each other, how we literally, you know, all three of us can like finish each other's sentences or chatting and stuff like that. It's like, you know, and then, fi- and then finally having Jody fly down here to, to LA and hang out with us and be a part of the film. I mean, it just solidified my feeling for this project and not just uh, our movie, but what everything we're going to do in the future. Yep, exactly. So what would you guys say? Uh, last question really that we have on the board Um so going into this film, what was your direction? Were you hoping to um, 
to go back to 1978 per se, or were you hoping to kind of rewrite the history of uh, Halloween? Well, that's something me and Jody have been talking about since the beginning of this thing. And, you know, we're not a big studio, so we're obviously limited to our own personal bank accounts. So it's like, you can only do so much. You have to be realistic. You know, you, you, when you, when we're shooting on the street, we have to make do with the modern cars there. We had to not get them in the shot. We had to avoid certain things. There's uh, one particular shot of uh, Jayla uh, trick-or-treating with um, KDK, and it's at the hedge, but the owners of that uh, house, they had these LED lights on the grass out front. And what can you do, you know? I could have took them off, but I don't. I didn't want to disrespect their uh, their house because they right, really are right. nice. they really are nice yep. people. So you just kind of go with it. Uh, we tried, or I've tried very hard to like not capture any modern cars, uh, things like that. But uh, as far as the wardrobe goes, everybody in the film is wearing a vintage seventies, like circa. 60s to about 78 79ish clothing that I've personally uh found on eBay and Etsy and then you know it the whole dialogue between me and Jody for this whole year has been crazy I find something I I shoot it to him hey man what do you think of this what do you think of that so it's been like uh uh we I think between me and Jody we've probably written a bible's worth of just talking about you know different <laughs> aspects of the film and from the props the story the mess the, i mean everything and so one thing we have uh one our constant in the film has been keeping true to john carpenter he's kind of our compass in in creating this movie and i've uh talked to a few people about this i don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast but my personal feeling is that Michael Myers is and uh, created by John Carpenter solely from his brain, obviously with help from Deborah Hill. But when you think of Michael Myers, it's who John Carpenter wrote. And anything uh, outside of John Carpenter writing uh, with a pencil on a piece of paper, anything outside of that, is not Michael Myers. It starts to deviate from his original concept mm -hmm. because in his mind, what he says is Michael Myers is Michael Myers. All we can do is try to replicate that the best we can. So with this film, uh, we didn't necessarily want to just be copycats. We wanted to introduce different things, which you'll see I can't really tell, you know, speak about them at this moment. But yet at the same time, trying to keep and stay true to uh, JC's vision there. Would you say that was about right, Jody? Oh, absolutely. That is absolutely it. I mean, we both knew going into it that, you know, you can't replicate something like that 100%. No way. But we tried and tried and tried to get as close as we can. While, with what we know, have. Yeah, with, yeah what... with everything that we have. And I think, <laughs> I think with what we have, we have a we did a damn good job. I'm, I'm yep. still, I'm blown away by some of the things that we have in there. Yeah. I know that's kind of a, a teaser, but you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, I will, I will say like, uh, just watching some of the, uh, the playback 
you know, sometimes Dylan would say, hey, come here and check this out, man. You, <laughs> this is insane. And, I mean, everything that he plays back, I mean, it literally bleeds 1978. Literally. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, he's my brother or anything like that or that I'm a part of the film. Again, I'm we're trying to keep, you know, all opinions void. But uh, it really breathes 1978. And um, as you guys will find here and there and little various points of the movie. And I, I also will not discuss that at this time either, but you're going to be like, Oh my God, that just happened. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's going to blow your minds. <laughs> Absolutely. do. Well, you know, the thing is, is like no one will ever be able to duplicate H1. There's only one H1. I, I think even John Carpenter in, in 2021 couldn't, duplicate h1 because it's just the time period you know everything was just spot on perfect just like yep. a song like a famous pop song you know or a rock song you try to sing it or another artist does it it's just not quite the same as the og version of any so you have to take that into consideration and we took that into consideration you have to be realistic with the budget we have and everything else and hey we we all you can do is put your best effort out there and that's what we're doing and uh, it's not really uh an ego trip or anything like that it's mainly for the horror community i mean like i said the three of us have uh, met and have bonded and just grown very close to each other as bros through the horror community through uh halloween the franchise through john carpenter's vision so it's kind of like all of our uh, uh combined efforts to to give a thanks and uh, just have a good time with uh, the very thing that brought us together. Yeah, yeah. Something, something that I want to reiterate, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, is just, you know, we had this vision, we had this idea, and we are fully doing this idea out of our own pockets. And there's no, there's no return. We're doing it. We're posting it, you know, in a yeah. place that's going to be free. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we made it for the community to enjoy. It, it wasn't, you know, we're, we're not out here looking to, you know, seek our fortune and fame. We're just, we're, we're creating something because it's what we love. Yep. That's right, man. This is a, it's a nonprofit film. Um, like I said, basically giving back to the community. And uh, eventually we, w- we would like to make our own original films, which we will do. But this first offering is kind of like just a th- big thank you to everybody that supported us. And Absolutely. Uh, right? Yep. I mean, exactly. it, it, it's literally, this wouldn't have happened with, without our supporters. I know a lot of people say that, but it's really true with this. Because through them, it's the, we got the motivation and like the uh, the energy and the will to to make this film and uh, put our money where our mouth is, literally. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I will say, there's been times where it's been really hard, and um, there's there's you know even during the filming, there's been various times you know where I'm like, you know, this just isn't right, you know, I. I don't feel like this is working out, what have you. Um, but it's you guys, you listeners, uh, followers, 
um, your continuing love and support, you guys are what keeps this going. You guys are what keeps us in the game and keeps us on track. Absolutely. So we, we appreciate all of you out there that are listening. You guys are all a part of this as well. Absolutely, man. That's a fact. <laughs> all right guys uh man i could go on any... for i could go on for another hour so hell yeah all right guys well i think well, that was a pretty good wrap well i appreciate you guys having me on for uh the podcast as a guest star looking forward to working with all of you guys again Yes. Love you folks out there. Thank you for all of your love and support. Don't forget, follow our Instagram, Dark Crown Films, or look us up, darkcrownfilms.com. That's it. Oh, yes. So going forward, guys, for all the listeners out there, um, going forward, we're going to be recording every Wednesday night unless it is a holiday week that gets in the way. Um Otherwise, we'll, we, we will be uploading uh, every episode on Thursday. So be looking forward to bringing more episodes and more of the darkness to you guys. Oh, oh, before we forget, a special shout out to all of the uh, Marines out there. That's right. And all, actually, all of the veterans uh, in particular, we love and we appreciate you all, especially you, Chris. I know you've, you've got some military service in you. Um, Thank you. We love every one of you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your, uh, you know, your dedication. Absolutely. Thank (laughs) you, guys. (laughs) Hoorah! (laughs) Hoorah! (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time, I'm your co-host, Mr. Darkshape. And I'm Mr. Sammy. Um, the horror of hot and field. (laughs) Until (laughs) next time.